Hi, my name's Amy, and you're listening to Jack Girl University. This is a podcast for women who enjoy lifting weights, building muscle, and hitting PBs, but can sometimes be their own worst enemy with their type A standards and perfectionist tendencies. If this sounds like you, I'm here to bring you back down to earth and help you have more fun playing this game we call Getting Jacked. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Jacked Girl University. Today, we're going to be talking about how to bring up a lagging body part. Before we get in, I thought I would do a little bit of a recap on how my growth phase is going because I don't think I've, I think I've been jumping into all of the podcast episodes. So, of course, if you don't want to hear this, you can skip ahead probably a few minutes. But right now, I'm really, really deep into my growth phase. I'm how tall am I? I'm five one, and I currently just hit fifty five kilos the last couple of days, and I've been yes yeah, staying at that fifty five kilos. But macros right now are one twenty protein, one ninety carb, and sixty fats. My average of my carbs so the last week or so was last few weeks has been about 270. So I haven't actually properly been hitting the 290 carb. And just as an aside, when people talk about their macros, you know, they're often saying what they've been given from their coach and you never know if they're actually hitting it or not. So you might hear me say 290, but just to be yeah, real, I'm hitting about 270. Um, but coaches like, you know, like really pushing me to hit that 290. And the reason why is that just so not used to it. And I'm definitely like, I'm pretty full. Like, I'm not feeling horrible every day uh, in terms of fullness, but like I am pretty full and I haven't been exactly like planning out my meals. I do eat mostly the same stuff, but you know, bits and pieces here and there, which sort of throws everything out. So it's probably just poor planning on my part to be fair, but I'm making a really big effort this week to hit the 290 and you know, we might have room to continue to go up from there. So just with my check-in right now, my coach is really happy with how my physique is looking. We've seen some pretty insane growth in the last, the six weeks that we've been together, to be fair. Like it's kind of blown my mind, um, especially through my quads, which is really, really exciting. But he's really happy with like my body fat distribution. Nothing is getting out of hand at all. And so he sort of said to me last week, like, Maybe December will be four weeks at maintenance just to make sure we really have held on to the muscle that I've been building. And then we will go into a bit of a tidy up phase in the new year. But I said to him yesterday, like, you know, talk me through exactly what you're looking for as to when we stop this growth phase and get into maintenance. And it was like, you know, like really it's, it's more so body fat distribution than anything else. Like, are we seeing sort of excessive body fat that we don't want to be seeing? And it's like, just looking at my photos, we're not seeing it. Like I am looking bigger and fuller, but in terms of, I guess, yeah, putting, you know, putting my body composition, pushing my body composition to a point where there's, you know, just really excess fat gain that we don't need. It's not happening. I think there are a few, few reasons why. And of course, this is going to help a little bit with the lagging body part discussion, but this year has been my hands down by so much my best training and nutrition year on record so I've been training for eight years now I actually just got off a live with Danika and I was saying you know people will be like what you've been training for eight years you know you probably don't look like it and that's totally fair because in terms of the way I've trained and then my nutrition compliance this is the first year it's really been on point 
Um, and not even the whole year, I would say since April. So from April to now, it's been really good. Um, and prior to that, I can see now the standard I'm at and how it hasn't been there in those previous years. So like, you know, I'll cop fair criticism. That's totally fine. And we're all learning, you know, even though I'm a coach as well, uh, it's about walking the walk too. And, um, just like I say to all of my clients and my audience, you guys too, all of this is we're all practicing a skill. I'm not superhuman. Uh, I didn't, you know, I wasn't born knowing everything. And this is all skill work. Like so much of this is skill work. It's definitely something I say to my clients when I can see perfectionism getting in the way of their enjoyment because they feel like they need to be perfect straight off the bat. It's like none of us are. And hopefully me leading by example and being honest about it. like I've been training for eight years and it's totally fine if you are shocked. <laughs> because I don't look like it. And it's because of the skills, the skills just haven't been there, but that's okay. I need time to re- refine them. We're all running completely different races. We all have different backgrounds, um, different genetics, different mentalities, different mindsets, uh, different goals. So that's, that's all fine. But I just, yeah, I just want to be honest and chuck that out there. So I'm really happy with how this growth phase has gone. You know, when, when I'm thinking about like, how long have I been in a growth phase, growth phase, it's hard to say because you come out of a comp prep and you know, I didn't recover until probably week nine, week 10. So you might think like May, June, sort of start of July was probably recovery. So then just say we go August, September, October, so and we're halfway through November. So what that's three and a half months. So we'll go, you know, fourteen it's like fourteen weeks or so of a growth phase so far. It's hardly any. It's like fucking hardly any, isn't it, when you think of it? Even though I've been, you know, comp finished on the sixth of May. It seems like I've been in a growth phase for what, seven ish months or so. But it's really only been fourteen great weeks. Now it's because that recovery phase post comp is you know, there's so many things we have to recover in our physique. Now, you know, I was really fortunate that I didn't lose my period. The only only recovery issue I felt was just my satiation. If you go back to previous podcasts, I speak on that, how it took till about week eight to feel like I wasn't constantly thinking about food. I'm so impressed with the way I handle myself. My post-show was honestly, it was flawless. My prep and my post-show, I'm so proud of myself. I, I really nailed it. And I know sometimes we don't like to hear people talk themselves up, but I don't think I'm talking myself up. I think if you watched it, uh, and I don't expect anyone to have seen it, but if you were around on my stories, um, it was smooth sailing, man. Every single week I was sort of saying like, yep, you know, it's all smooth sailing. And yes, I struggle with satiation post-comp, but I didn't let that struggle dictate my decisions. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know how you can work with me. I currently have places available inside the Glam Body Program. And if you don't know what it is, this is my completely personalized programming, nutrition, and education online coaching service that is specifically designed to help women get strong and progress their body composition, whether that means gaining muscle, getting lean, or both. So Glam Body is best suited for two types of women. The first loves training, but you've never had a your programming or nutrition tailored to you. Perhaps you're just doing classes or using apps, but you do want more efficient results and you want to learn more about your body. Or perhaps you have had some element of assistance before, but you're still struggling with overtraining, undereating, speaking negatively to yourself, and you feel like nothing's enough, and you just want to be able to make physique and performance progress without burning the candle at both ends. So to get your spot, just DM me on Instagram with the heading Glam Body or 
or you can fill out the application form that is linked in the show notes below and we can have a chat about whether Glam Body is a good fit for you. With that said, let's get back into the episode. It's a really cool skill to start to learn where we don't let our feelings or in that case like actual physiological responses dictate the actions it's like if you're scared of something and you don't do it you're letting those feelings dictate your actions and so again it's a skill in terms of going you know what I feel like this my body is telling me it needs this but I know enough and in my experience like I knew that eating more food was not a game I was going to win I already was set maintenance calories Um, even slightly just above maintenance calories. So I knew that that was all I needed and it was just going to take a little while for my hormones to balance and catch up. And you can't find that through just piling on more more food and more body fat. It's just not, it's not going to happen. So this doesn't apply. I know most of you won't be competitors or looking to compete, so it won't apply to you. uh, And it really will not really apply to general lifestyle fat loss phases. You're not getting so low in body fat where you're experiencing seeing those um, leptin ghrelin issues Um, maybe you know those of you touch wood don't have eating disorders but if you're starting to get into eating disorder territory or that's been you maybe you also know what I'm talking about Um, but for just general fat loss clients you're not going to have these hormonal imbalances to deal with Um, you know being hungry and actually like that those issues with satiation that come from um, your leptin and ghrelin being out they're very different things okay so uh, that being said I spoke to coach yesterday just about my physique and how it is looking and you know when will we pull me out and he's like we're just gonna keep going like he's like I know I said maybe December for a maintenance phase but if I keep going how I'm going with my physique we don't want to pull me out you know what's the point we're really trying to pack on a whole lot of muscle I need a lot of muscle it basically everywhere on my physique to be as competitive as I want to be so we're just going to push on I'm going to keep pushing food up Um, I'm in such a good place with my body image and I have such a desire to get that natural pro card that like I'm so sweet pushing my body fat up, pushing my um, scale weight up. I just, I'm so sweet with it. I'm really, really, I'm really happy with myself to be fair that I've gotten to this place where I'm, I'm cool, which is because it's so exciting. It's going to let me push up and I've spoken before about growth phases being uncomfortable and like yes being full isn't the most amazing thing and at the same time I feel like I'm really just appreciating this phase for all it brings I love how my physique looks it's a fun stage to be at where things are getting thicker Um, I love you know the lean the lean phases as well like I just love all of it you know our bodies are amazing so Uh, We're just going to keep pushing on with this growth phase right now. Everything's going really well. My training is still progressing nicely. Uh, So we, we shall see. I'm still aiming for competing at the start of 2025. Coach was thinking maybe I could do season B next year, but we've just got to see how my physique responds. Like I said, we're only 14 weeks really post-recovery, you know, into that growth phase. So we've still got plenty of time. I'm not in any rush either. Like I love competing so damn much. I love prep so, so, so much. I've been really nostalgic for it recently. Just it puts you in a different place. It's almost like I've never done drugs, (laughs) but uh, I can imagine it's like quite addictive. It's a really... It's just a high, like for me, it's a real high, 
I'm not much of an adrenaline junkie, but it's just my experience of prep both times uh, is massive high. The first time I had a really rough time post-show, um, but in terms of the prep itself, I loved it. It's just extremely satisfying and fun. And so even though I loved it, I'm not in a rush to get back on stage unless I look really good. Uh, my coach will not let me get on stage unless I look amazing. So I completely trust him. If he's saying we're ready, we're going to be ready. Cool. Great. We'll go. Uh, but at the same time, I don't care enough about like having to get on stage sooner. I'd rather like get on stage with uh, just a physique that's totally different and smash it out of the park. So let's get into the episode. We're talking how to bring up a lagging body part or bring up lagging body parts. And the way I want to do this episode is dive into just some basic components of hypertrophy that you would need to consider. So I'll just chat about them first. And then when we look at bringing up a lagging body part, I'll talk about the adjustments you might need to make for your specific uh, muscle group. How about I, do I just be a basic bitch and just use glutes as an example the whole way through? Let's talk back. Let's just use your back. It really doesn't matter which body part I use, but let's just talk your back. We'll just use your back as an example if I have to, you know, refer to a muscle group, but this will literally go for any particular body part or plural body parts you need to bring up. So whenever we're thinking about muscle hypertrophy, I just want to keep this really basic. So it's very, very easy to understand and explain. There are a few components, right? We've got some nutrition components to look at. We've got some training components to look at. We've got some recovery components to look at, okay? When we're looking at your nutrition for muscle growth, we're thinking overall total calories really does matter. And we're also looking at macronutrients. So if we do want to build a muscle group or multiple muscle groups, we will need to be in a surplus. Now, the research uh, that is out there does show the reason the surplus does not need to be aggressive remember getting to a higher body fat um, percentage is going to have negative hormonal adaptations which won't allow us to be in a great position to accumulate more muscle tissue so we don't want to be gaining excess body fat and you probably you know you're just going to have to diet it off anyway but we do need to be in a caloric surplus to some extent all right so how do you figure that out you can jump online to any of the various calculators and it will spit you out your maintenance intake But what you need to do, because you are not a robot, you will need to test this out in practice. So I probably don't want to keep making these disclaimers on everything. I just want to assume that if you're listening to this, you do care about growing. That's why you're here. But you're going to have to take the time to track your macros and you're going to have to take the time to uh, figure out if your predicted maintenance is actually your maintenance. So what is that going to look like? Give yourself at least two weeks. Uh, Again, if you're new to this, just use any of the online calculations with your calories uh, and of course your macros. But speaking specifically with your caloric intake, track your weight every single day, do it every single day, track your macros and your calories every single day, and just see if your weight uh, by the end of that two weeks is roughly the same. So the average 
has stayed the same. You're going to have fluxes up and fluxes down. That's totally normal. But if you could pretty much draw a straight line through your weight, your scale weights, you know that you're roughly sitting at maintenance calories. Okay. If you lose weight during your two week experiment, you are not at maintenance and you will need to add some calories. How many, because I don't have your data and I don't know how much weight you lost if this is you. Um, And we're obviously speaking about a hypothetical person. It's hard for me to say, Um, but you know, it's probably, you know, for your losing weight, you're probably going to want to be looking at chucking up your macros by, you know, I don't know, a a couple of percent, maybe 5% increase, um, the next, next week to see what happens to your weight. You'll just keep pushing up your, um, calories until you hit. Yes. Okay. My body weight's not shifting up anymore. It's just at a happy medium. It's just staying at maintenance. And then from there, uh, you look to need to add some calories. So you could do something like a 10%. I don't often like to use percentages too much with my clients. And by the time we're getting someone into a surplus, I've got enough data to be able to see like how much do I you know, using my experience and intuition with their physique and how they train, how much more food we should be giving. But typically for women, because I mostly coach women, it's probably going to be anywhere from, could be as low as 150 calories extra a day. It could be up to four, 500, an extra four, 500 calories a day. Okay. So, um, Somewhere in there is probably going to be the magic point for you. And it's okay to start out conservatively and just see. All right. So the the first component there with nutrition was calories. Then we have your macros. So what's going to be important here is definitely protein intake. Most women are not going to be hitting their protein intake. I see it across the board. So when we're at maintenance or in a surplus, we can afford a little bit less protein. So 1.8 or even... You know, some research says down to 1.6, but if you want to be on the safe side, like 1.8 to 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight at maintenance or in a surplus is going to be okay. But, um, you know, there's no real harm in going even above that 2.2. You just don't have to. And remember, we've got your your set amount of calories. We don't want to be driving too much into protein because that's going to take away how many calories we can drive into your carbs, which is going to be super essential for performance, but also, of course, for females, your fat intake. Uh, I really like to have my ladies, if we can, sit around that one gram per kilo of body weight. It's a nice place to be. Don't really like anyone going below 0.8 Um you know, in fat loss phases, we can at a pinch do that for a little bit of time, but it's just not worth any hormonal complications. So the more you give to protein, it is taking away from the other macros. So it is a bit of a balancing game. So if you're sort of like far out aim, you know, there's ranges and how do I know where to put myself in these ranges? Like I hear you, I've done um, some education before, free education before, um, and some paid education before helping people figure out where that they need to be within these ranges for the macronutrients. If you're interested in getting access to any of this, let me know. I have a course on my website called, called Phase Your Physique Like a Pro. Um, you can access that 
You can buy that online and you can see, but there is an element of, we've got to test things out on you personally as well. Um, you know, we've got the ranges, we can play around within the ranges and see where you sit best, but it is going to ask you to be tracking like pretty heavy, you know, amounts of data. And so again, it's just this question, like if you're super keen to, build up a lagging body part, you're going to be really well suited tracking a bunch of data. So scale weight, photos, measurements can be really helpful as well. Uh, And then just lots of, um, what do we call it? Like biofeedback. So when we're thinking really about your recovery stress, um, you know, motivation, digestion, where you are on your cycle period. That's what I'm talking about, right? So the first, when we're thinking about nutrition and when we're thinking about muscle hypertrophy, we got your overall total calories, we want to be in a slight surplus. And we're thinking about your macronutrient distribution, specifically making sure you're getting enough protein in. Of course, there's also a micronutrient conversation as well, because the quality of your muscle contraction will, or your micronutrient intake will in uh, have an impact on the quality of your muscle contraction. So it's going to be really important that, you know, get the, getting that in simple as two pieces of fruit, five veg, you know, 350 grams of veg, Um, about 150 grams of fruit per day is going to do a lot of good females can do really well with some supplementation as well so um, magnesium and you know vitamin b's and vitamin d's Uh, please don't take anything without doing your own research and making sure you're getting your own blood test done we don't want to be ODing on anything um, but typically those are the ones that a lot of women are going to be lower in Uh, and I've also missed iron which is really really popular not popular really common deficiency as well but again and get your own bloods tested. My iron's always been actually really high, which is hilarious, but I'm like the only female I know with higher iron. But yeah, look, we've got to think about your micros as well. So then we move into actual training um, and we've got a number of different factors. So we've got volume, your training volume. This is when, when I say volume, I mean how many sets per muscle group per week are you doing? And then of course, overall total sets per week. And these are your heavy working sets. We're not counting ramp sets, warm up sets. This is your heavy working sets. Um, so we've got your training volume. Then we have your training effort. So again, for hypertrophy, what matters more than any rep range is going to be how close you train to failure. And I've spoken about this. I can't remember if it was last week, but uh, I've spoken about this before and that we're really bad. Research shows how bad we are estimating RIR. RIR stands for reps in reserve. It's a scale starting from zero as the hardest. So you're failing the rep at zero. One rep in reserve means you've got one rep left in the tank, two, three, four. We're going backwards on that scale. Um, you might have also heard of RPE or maybe you use RPE, which is basically just the opposite. So 10 is your max effort. Nine is you know 90% effort. You can think about it like that. But your training effort for hypertrophy is going to be one of the most critical factors for building muscle. Um, Most people are not doing this really well. Um, And... And yeah, I I forgot what I was going to say then, but your training, oh, sorry, I was going to say like with hypertrophy, the research has shown you can build muscle anywhere between like five reps and 30 reps. The specific rep range, you know, you see all these reels and shit, you got to do this rep range for muscle growth, blah, 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 blah. It's not that. 
anywhere between five and 30, you're going to be sweet. <laughs> of course, there are considerations like why would we do five or six for a movement? Why would we do, you know, say 20 reps for a movement? Um, I'm not programming past 20 reps for anyone um, because, you know, we're thinking about like fatigue, um, peripheral fatigue, central nervous system fatigue, local fatigue. We're thinking of joint stress. We're thinking of safety. So there's lots of different reasons why we might be programming through the different rep ranges. But in terms of your ability to build muscle, anything from five to 30 is going to be sweet. Um, as long as you're training super close to failure. Uh, and I said this a few times, but I've started changing my the way I write my programs in that I'm pretty much only doing ones and zeros in terms of like um, how close we are to failure. So for RIR, ones and zeros, only because I know how bad people are estimating. So what you think is a one RIR might actually be four or five. And if it is, I hate to break it to you, but we're not going to be building muscle. So I really want you to start um, practicing and really reflecting on how close you're training to failure. Then we have frequency. So training frequency just relates to, could relate to a few things, could relate to like how many overall training days you're doing per week. But when I'm talking about it here, I'm thinking per muscle group, right? That's what we're, that's how I'm speaking about this whole, um, this topic today is per muscle group. Cause we're talking about individual muscle groups with building up a lagging one. So I want you to think about like how many times am I hitting this specific muscle group and like, um, you know, even secondarily, right? So if we're doing some, you know, back-based movements, we'll be hitting, um, some of our, you know, biceps and, you know, maybe like rear delts and traps and rhomboids or whatnot. Um, so just thinking about like the, the, um, secondary, muscle groups that are working in these movements and that will also count to some degree with your frequency we also have exercise selection so again thinking about what the what type of movements we're doing um and are they targeting the the full muscle group that we're wanting that we are wanting to target so for example you know we can just say back but then of course there are you know multiple different muscles in the back so we need to make sure um that we're um we've got a, a nice spread across all of all of those muscles that we're wanting to target or you know specifically hone in on one right then finally, we also have executions, uh, sorry, select, uh, oh my goodness, this execution, which just means technique. So your technique, it's not about just flinging weights around. We have to think about, you know, the origin and insertion of the muscle. Are we bringing them closer together? <laughs> um, and are we performing the movement with the, the range of motion that we're wanting to, you know, are we wanting to do like a f- take this movement through a full range of motion? Are we wanting to stop short? Why, why not? Um, but really thinking about your exercise technique. Okay. And then the final one is recovery. So when we're thinking about recovery, we're thinking about managing the fatigue that you've accumulated during not only your training sessions, but life in general. And I think that's a lot of people don't think of life in general. So we have what is called your allostatic load. It's just a fancy way of saying all of the stresses that pile up on you, both mentally and physiologically. When we hear stress, a lot of people just think about mental stress and they're like, you know what? I'm a high achiever. I'm a type A. I don't get stressed. I can handle all of this shit. And it's like, 
no, we're not, we're not just talking about mentally. Do you feel like you can handle it? It's like, what is the, what is the load? Literally, what is the load of all of the things you're doing? All, you know, training is a stressor. It's fun, but it's still a stressor. Uh, we are built to, humans are built to adapt and respond to stress. Uh, but at the same time, if we have, you know, work environment, like pollution, heat, cold, um, deficit stress, like if we have all of these things on top of each other, um, we can really set back our recovery. So when we're looking at recovery, we're thinking of definitely managing fatigue, managing stress and stress is not, like I said, it's not just meant, I feel mentally stressed. It really has nothing to do with, you know, your subjective feelings so much as like, what is your performance like? If your performance is tanking, but you're super excited, it still means that, you know, we're, we're probably, you're, you're physiologically stressed, right? There's a lot of fatigue built up. Um, so please don't just think, oh, like I can handle everything. So we're sweet here. Then of course, sleep is really important for maintenance of muscle mass um, and body fat distribution, body fat accumulation as well. I know we're not talking about deficits here, but um, there's been studies before that are showing uh, people getting, there's two groups of people, they did a sleep study, those getting less than eight hours, those getting more than eight hours in a deficit phase lost the same amount of scale weight, but the amount of um, body fat, the people who were getting more than eight hours lost was, I don't have the exact data in front of me, but was so much more than the people who got less than eight hours and they were losing their um, lean body mass so effectively more muscle mass so if you're not getting adequate amounts of sleep you're putting your muscle mass at risk so yeah like people don't think that you know again it's like hustle culture grind 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 i'll sleep when i'm dead sure if you want you know shittier body composition go for it Okay, so I've just gone through training, uh, sorry, nutrition, training, recovery, the just super, super basics um, in terms of muscle hypertrophy. Of course, you could do multiple hours on, you know, days on each of those individual topics. I've just done the surface of what will be helpful for you to understand. But so let's come to the lagging body parts, okay? So just say your back is laggy, like what the hell is happening? So the first thing out of all of those components that I've just said, I'm going to ask you to look at your training effort as the first port of call. So get into your, you know, whatever safe back exercise, you might be looking like a, you know, any machine kind of rows, lat pull downs, um, even to be fair, even like dumbbell movements, you know, supported dumbbell movements with your back. I'm trying to think of like a dangerous back exercise, like maybe a barbell bent over row if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but a lot of our back movements, we can train safely to failure. Right? You know, maybe <laughs> I'm just trying to think of playing devil's advocate here, but I reckon you can. So I really, really want you to push as hard as you can until you literally cannot move the you know the weight anymore so you even if you do you know you say you're on rep 14 and you can fully do your lap pull down right go for 15 say 15 you can only pull it halfway and you might be like okay so i've had a technical breakdown i've hit technical failure try just one more rep just go again everything you've got try again you know, sometimes we can really surprise ourselves with how many more we have left in the tank. So I really want you to start experimenting with like push those last few out, even if you've gone past that technical failure point, only when it's safe. Please do not do this with, you know, 
you would have no business doing this with deadlifts, even like RDLs, barbell back squats, uh, you know, even like bench pressing, you just don't have that margin for error when it comes to your safety, but in something that's safe. So, you know, like a lap pull down, doing a half rep and then a quarter rep is, is it's going to be fine, but you will really start to tap into your capacity, okay? So the first thing I'm going to ask you to look at, if you feel like, oh, my back's not growing, my glutes not growing, my quads, blah, 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 your training effort, and it's not just for one set, it's literally for all of your sets, multiple months. So this is the way you're going to start to train. And I don't mean you need to train to failure every single exercise. For some people, they can't handle that. Um... And they they won't be able to keep that up. That's totally fair. That's totally fine. And sometimes it can even set people backwards, right? It's going to be quite individual with what you can tolerate. So I'm just saying, if you've never done this before, try it. Just try it. One week's not going to kill you. Just try and train that weak body part or lagging body part, we'll say, to failure, you know, maybe even past technical failure and see what it is like, okay? And then we want to try and find that sweet spot where, you know, maybe you can do a half rep on your last rep or maybe you know it's your last full range of motion rep. And that's where we kind of want to be. We really want to be pushing it that far, okay? Of course, if you have individual like intolerances to that and it's a bit too much, sure, okay, pull back. But I think if you're saying you've got a lagging body part, my first protocol is going to be your training effort. The next protocol is going to be your technique or your exercise execution. Highly likely there's something funky going on here. You don't know what you don't know. Please leave your ego at the door. Um, Hey, if you want to send me through a training video of your uh, exercise that, or your movement that you are not sure about, go for it, man. You know, just uh, like, of course, be nice about it and just be like, Hey, Em, would you mind having a look at this? I'm not going to go through, you know, 15 exercises every single week for you. But if it's just one that you want a little bit of feedback from, absolutely hop into my DMs, um, and let me know, send it through, be polite, and I will help you with your exercise execution. Cause I want you to get jacked, but there's probably going to be something off here, or there could be. The next one that you will look at is your training volume. So again, you might not um, really be too comfortable with this language, but I explained it before. We're just looking at how many sets are you doing per muscle group per week. And sometimes with training volume, we might need to push it up. Sometimes we might need to push it down. Really general rough research is looking at maybe 10 to 20 sets for um, each muscle group each week. It's very, very general. And again, you know, 10 to 20 sets is a big margin. Some people don't need that much and some people might even need a little bit more, right? So it's one of those things where you're going to have to look at your program. If you don't have a program, well, dude, what are you doing? This is why we're not seeing the progress we want, but have a look at your program. Go back for the last three to six months and go, okay, say it's my back that's lagging. How many sets have I put towards my lats? You know, how many sets have I put towards maybe, you know, my rhomboids? Uh, How many have I put towards my, you know, I guess, well, I was just going to say rear delts, but um, we might keep it to say your lats. Um, uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, we'll keep it to your lats. You know, how many sets have you been putting towards like lat bias um, back movements? And you might go, oh shit, I've only actually been doing six sets per week for the last six months. 
or you might go, I've been doing 24 sets, um, you know, or up the other end, you know, 18, 19, 20 sets. Okay, cool. So for the person up the high end, you know, roughly like 18 to 22, 24 sets, maybe you need to actually bring your training volume down because maybe you're fatiguing your back too much. Now, if you're at the opposite end, maybe you're doing, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 sets per week on average over the last 3 to 6 months in your lats. Uh, maybe you need to try and experiment going up higher in that volume. So the volume consideration isn't like a specific, you have to go up. It could be you need to go down. <laughs> but you won't know this unless you have this data. You won't know this unless you have this data. So if you're like, holy shit, man, I'm just going into the gym and I've got a rough idea of what weights I'm lifting. Uh, and you know, I kind of am writing my own programs, but when you hear me say, go back through your data for three to six months, you're like, well, I don't have it. Dude, dude, start there. Like you're not at that point. You're not at that point where we've got, you know, serious problems that we have to do. Like Sherlock Holmes investigating, it's a very obvious problem. Track your data because it will show you um, so clearly what your issues are. If anyone owns their own business here, it's just the same thing, man. You've got to track all of your KPIs with your business to be able to see where you're going wrong. It's the same thing with your training. So from training volume, training frequency, and this is really similar to training volume in that the research is going to say you're trying to hit the muscle group twice. But depending on your own needs, it could be less, it could be more. So if you're doing one to two times per week and you're not seeing growth in your back, again, I'm just using that as an example, you might need to try three, you might need to try even four, like just experiment with it. But again, you're going to need to write all this down so you can actually track an experiment. And if you're doing three, four, five times a week per muscle group, and you're not seeing any progress, you might need to back it off actually and go to, you know, one to two. So it's not, again, it's not always doing more with both volume and frequency. It's just seeing what have I been doing that's not working uh, and implementing that. I just want to put one caveat because we're at the end of the training stuff now. And that caveat is this is really going to work when we you have got that consistency for, you know, at least six months to be starting to talk about a lagging body part, right? You're going to have to have been training consistently for that amount of time because if you haven't, well, you know, consistency isn't something I've spoken about because I'm just assuming we have that. But if you don't even have six months of data, you've got to go there first. You don't know that you've got a lagging body part if you don't have six months of data um, to start working with. And in your first six to 12 months of lifting, you're going to see massive amounts of progress really fast. And just because that progress slows down, which it does for everyone, doesn't mean you have a lagging body part particularly. Um, So if you're in your like second, third, fourth year of training, uh, then you know, you're not going to see the rate of gain that you saw. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. That's just what happens to us. It's because that stimulus in that first six to 12 months uh, is so high with you basically doing anything. You're you're not going to need to train anywhere near as hard to push and build that new tissue uh, as you will as you get more and more advanced. As you get more and more advanced, everything is going to slow down. Um, so this is where, you know, these little things become really important. But again, I just want to say if you're not taking this seriously, if you're not tracking all of your data, like just start there. And then finally, of course, surplus of calories. Okay. So if you've got a lagging body parts, but you're eating just, you know, just on maintenance because you're scared of gaining body fat, 
you know, look at yourself in the mirror, uh, as in, as in like, look yourself in the eyes and just get your shit together and get into a surplus. <laughs> look, if you need help doing that as well, please jump into my DMs. This is like my most favorite thing to do is helping women um, who might have been really scared about gaining body fat get into a surplus, really well-managed surplus. Uh, <clears throat> I'll be tracking all of your data. I'll be watching all of these things that I'm talking about so that we can make sure we're packing on as much muscle tissue as we can with as limited body fat as we can. Growth phases aren't meant to be, you know, an accumulation of fat phases. They're accumulation of muscle tissue phases. That is the point of getting into a surplus. They're not, it's not for food freedom or anything like that. It's literally to build muscle tissue. Okay. So I really hope you enjoyed the, um, the episode. I would just ask for one favor, please. If you're listening to the podcast, could you please share it on your stories and then tag me the underscore female physique hub so I can see. I've actually been getting a heap of downloads recently, which is really, really exciting. I think it was like over 500 last week, but I don't know where people are coming from. So please, if you're listening to this, I would love it if you could tag me in your stories uh, and share just a screenshot of the episode you're listening to so I can see. That would be amazing. Um, and also let me know that you do really love these uh, these episodes. So with that being said, I will finish up here and I'll chat to you guys next week. Bye.